future. There are no people. There are no people in the future. No people at all. There are no people in the future. Where did all my people go? There are no people in the future. Let me try my people call. Everybody, everybody, welcome, welcome. It is Friday, January 7th, 2022. And you know what that means. That means, no, yes, yes, it is our first like show of the year. That's absolutely true. But it's also one day after the anniversary of the insurrection. Yes, that's right. Indeed, welcome to Raging Chickens Out the Coop podcast. It is our Friday politics roundup. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Each week, I talk to the one, the only, Sean Kitchen about the good, the bad, and the ugly in state and national politics. You can help support this show by becoming a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress. You can also help out the show by heading over to our YouTube channel if you're not there already. Smash that subscribe button, like the stream for this show, and hit that notification bell so you know every time that we go live. Yes, indeed. As I was saying, yesterday was the uh, one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. And while a lot of words were said, and apparently songs were sung, it still remains to be seen whether political will exists to defend democracy. Will it keep anti-majoritarian rules like the filibuster in place? Will we continue to support a Senate that grants disproportionate power to white rural states and districts? What will this year's elections bring? These are all wide open questions. And COVID rages, and it appears that our institutions are pretty much throwing in the towel. Yep, there we have it. And in the what the what, what, what kind of news? Yes, lightning increased dramatically around the North Pole this year. According to a report in uh, CNN, Vaisala, which is an environmental monitoring company, they track lightning around the world. They reported there were 7,278 lightning strikes that occurred north of the 80 degrees latitude this past year, right? So you say, well, what does that mean? Well, that's nearly twice as many as the previous nine years combined. So it's like, what the what is going on? Yes, this is just like kind of like the newest kind of addition to climate change. You get the northern lights and kind of massive electrical activity. That's great. Super. Oh, God. And today's a little closer to home here. Uh... The Pennsylvania Farm Show is this weekend. As I said, the towel is being thrown in. <laughs> no, don't want COVID? Well, don't go. <laughs> or do go if you want it. I don't know. It's simple because max, masks and vaccination cards won't be required as Omicron is ripping ripping through the lands. And I, from my understanding is there actually will be an Omicron table with a whole bunch of sick people set up so that if you do want to get Omicron, you can kind of get it right off the bat. You don't have to worry about whether or not, you know, because this produces some anxiety of people wondering, did you get it or am I going to get infected? Just, just take all the kind of like anxiety out of it. Just go up to the Omicron just- table and lick. <laughs> Lick the door handles for. Yes, exactly. Lick the door handles for extra safety. Exactly, exactly. Get into the coughing circles. Oh, God. Uh, Doug Mastriano is launching his campaign for governor tomorrow. So says he, we shall see. Let's see if he's actually going to get in the ring. This is the. this is happening after the first uh, PA gubernatorial or GOP, PA GOP gubernatorial debate, which had, I think, what was it? Uh, 75 candidates that were up on stage there. 
<laughs> Most of whom apparently just kind of sign some paper outside the, the venue ahead of time and say, sure, I'll run. <laughs> oh, God. And closer to my home, the Penridge School District makes more moves to discriminate and whitewash history now that the extremists have full control of the board. Yes, the board ordered the removal of the book Heather Has Two Mommies due to its radical message that way. Strap in, everybody, because, I mean, would you want your kids to kind of walk away with this message? I mean, come on. I mean, no wonder it got removed. That radical message is it doesn't matter how many mommies or daddies your family has. The most important thing about a family is that all the people in it love each other. Yes, yes. That burning lefty sentiment of love and caring for one another. No, no, no. We have to ban that from the libraries. was pulled from all the shelves in the elementary schools in the Penridge School District. You got to check out Cyril's actually just dropped his uh, latest column just dropped yesterday. Um, and uh, you got to check it out. I got a link in today's show notes. Um, he, he talks with the book's author, Leslie Newman. Um, and, you know, this book came out in 1988 or 1989. Right. It's been around for decades and now it's getting banned right here because, you know, God forbid uh, that you have books that are kind of about understanding and kind of understanding differences. God forbid. God forbid. And then, of course, there's the move by the board to prevent well, in some kind of groups there in the, in the school district to prevent critical discussion on the one year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. Yes, that's right. Teachers were sent a note instructing them not to wade into a discussion of the January 6th insurrection. Instead, they should stick to business as usual. Ah, uh, yes, you got to love that. We should recall that Bucks County had more people attend the insurrection than any other county and that the Penridge School Board President Joan Cullen was one of them. So... Not that there's any connection with any of that. And it looks like the executive director of the Upper Bucks County Technical School, Jeffrey Sueda, is being given the boot by the board overseeing the school's joint operating committee. Or, I'm sorry, the school's joint operating committee charged him with, quote, persistent negligence in the performance of his duties, willful neglect of his duties, and or willful failure to comply with school laws and directives. What are some of the kind of things that they found him doing? I don't know. He bought like a $999 log splitter so that he could split wood for his own house. He stole pavers from the school so he could use at his own home and give them to his neighbor. And he cut security cameras that were overlooking the loading dock. Oh, he was abusing coworkers. Oh, and so much more. And the funny thing about it, there was a, an article about him uh, when, he, when he first took over. Uh, because the Bucks County uh, Technical School, Upper Bucks County Technical School, serves Quakertown, uh, Palisades, and Penridge School Districts. So that's why they have this joint operating committee. Well, when he first kind of took the job, there was an article um, in the it was like Quakertown School District kind of newspaper or whatever like this. And the title of it was, Tech School's New Leader, an Example for Students to Follow. <laughs> Yes, indeed. <laughs> there he is. So uh, I don't think I think I'm going to email these folks and say, hey, you know what? You might want to kind of have a little addendum to that because uh, I don't know. You, you want to say that so much about this guy anymore. Uh, today's last call. Yes, we got our first snow day. My kids have their first snow day of the year today. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, and how many more snow times will we see snow in our lifetime? Who knows? Um, also, I've been watching the uh, series um, Station Eleven on HBO Max. It is freaking amazing. I love the book. I talked about this as one of the ones that I, I one of the series that I w wanted to watch. I had no idea until right up at the beginning of the December they were even making a series out of this. But I read the book like uh, last year, or a year and a half ago. And I absolutely loved it. And to see what they're doing with this as they're moving into the series, it's just phenomenal. The, the series is absolutely great. So I'll talk a little bit about that. 
Anyways, for more PA Progressive Talk, you want to tune into the Rick Smith Show, I would just suggest head on over to the ricksmithshow.com for all the latest across all his platforms. He's got a daily podcast. He's going to having a daily national TV show. He's on Free Speech TV. He's picked up in WBAI in New York, KPFK in Los Angeles, in Chicago, in Minneapolis. Man, Rick's show is exploding. So kudos to everybody over there at the Rick Smith Show. And if you haven't already, well, make it a New Year's resolution to check out the Sisters of the Night Caucus podcast. You can find it on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. The amazing PA women stirring the political cauldron behind this podcast rock the house. And they know where the bodies are buried. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at at the Night Caucus. That's at the Night Caucus on Twitter. And yes, the holiday season is behind us, but that doesn't, won't, shouldn't stop you from heading on over to the Game Inn with two N's. The Game Inn is a Quakertown-based black family-owned gaming store. They're friends of the show, and they got everything for Retro N64s, the latest consoles, video games for all platforms, collectibles, action figures, Funko Pops, you got it. Um, head on over there, you know, got some Christmas money that's kind of burning, looking to burn a hole in your pocket. Head on over to the Game Inn for some great stuff. You check them out on their Facebook page. You follow them at Twitter at, at the Game Inn. That's with two N's. If you got a question about a game, looking for something hard to get, shoot them a message or drop them an email at thegameinpa at gmail.com. And a special shout out goes to Jonathan Mann, who wrote our intro song, There Are No People in the Future. Check out all his great stuff on his YouTube page and follow him on Twitter at, at SongAdayMan. That's at SongAdayMan on Twitter. Look, everybody, if you want a progressive future, we need progressive media. And in this election year, we're going to need it more than ever. Support Pull No Punches, homegrown progressive media today by becoming a patron of Raging Chicken for as little as five bucks a month. Head on over to patreon.com slash rcpress and become a patron today. Help keep the media and the movement, the movement, the media. Become a patron for as little as five bucks by going to patreon.com slash rcpress today. Well, there we have it, Sean, man. Uh, it's uh, quite a beginning to 2022 already. Uh, how was your holiday break and uh, how's everything going? Um, holiday, holiday break was pretty good. Welcome back. Um, you know, uh, went home. My mom had COVID or so we think. Uh, she's doing fine now. She actually, she had her knee operated on. Um, so I was the one who was going and running around everywhere, spreading COVID. joking i'm joking but no i was one running around um going to the different stores uh i spent <clears throat> a couple hours in altamontes in like the warminster area uh getting all the stuff for our antipasto on christmas went down to isgros in south philly you know did all the fun things yeah so. good thing about altamontes you go into that store is like you know it's a big wide open store that with lots and tons of space inside the aisles are enormous <laughs> like you can have no problem with social distancing in there <laughs> uh yeah that's that, that that's not the warminster store no no maybe it's the doylestown not. store I, I hear the doyles doylestown store is really doylestown nice. store is nice but that's yeah the new one no i i know i figured you were talking about the warminster store the one or is, is it in warminster is it Hatfield? yeah i know the warminster yeah. That's in that, in that little Warminster, plaza, right? right on York Road or whatever. Yeah, and like they redid the inside of it uh, over the past couple of years slowly since yeah. last time I've like really been in there. So it's it's actually it looks modernized. <laughs> it's a great yeah, store. Looks, I mean, that place is amazing. And everything that place is phenomenal. Oh, it, yeah, no, it's been a staple. I think in the community up there for like thirty years now, forty years. But no, um, no, it was good. Um, you know, uh, New Year's I was up here. Uh, I was actually running outside with my camera on New Year's Day uh, because we had it. Uh, it was like it's been it was warm and like the river's been cold, so we had a rainstorm. It was like kicking up fog and everything. Yeah. So that was nice. Got some really awesome photos of the yeah, fog you and you know with with yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. So 
No, it was good. It was like, uh, you know, I had uh, I had a good break. And, uh, I mean, I know I've uh, on this this past week's Out to Coop Live, I talked a little bit about this uh, for those of you who are uh, tuning in, you know, don't want to listen to me rattle on again uh, about all that. But it was a good break. I mean, it was good. I mean, it was it was short. You know, it was one of those years where, uh, you know, the, the kids only have like just a one solid week off instead of, you know, some days on either side, just given where Christmas and New Year's fell this year. Um, so it felt like a little bit kind of, you know, a little bit quick, right, um, more than usual. But, you know, we had a good time. It was like low key and so on. And I could tell you, it was like, I can't remember if I told you this offline or not or off off air, but um, it was wild going up to New York because, um, you know, my folks live in, in Utica, New York. And so I was up, we were up there for a couple of days and, um, you know, like the risk factor for uh, getting COVID in like in Bucks County and all the surrounding counties was like up in the kind of like 95 percentile, right? Like it was like the worst of the worst. And up where my folks are, it's, uh, you know, about it was about 70 percent, right? Still high, right? But not in the kind of darkest of red. Um, and the interesting thing is this is where it goes to show you the difference in actually uh, kind of statewide policy, um, simply because like that area where they, where they are is now as Trumpy as kind of where where I live now. And yet you went in stores there, everybody had masks on. Right. I mean, they had high rates of vaccination. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, we, and it's also because the governor can't do anything now because of the because of the um, the executive because of the constitutional amendments that were passed uh, last year. Well, this is what like, I'm saying. I think, like people can't really, yeah, we can't really. I I think like yeah, and that's where we gotta put our blame at for this stuff. Like, um, I don't think people are really having this conversation yet, with how much the like you know Republicans and Jeffrey Gass and these mega donors rat fucked exactly. all of Pennsylvania because of the executive order, constitutional amendment, and stuff like that. Like, that's exactly there, my point. There yep. are now no constitution. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just no, you, it's... yeah, because you look at that, right? It's like you have, you have, you know, what happened? I mean, in New York State. I mean, this is what I'm, you know, it's just kind of like these moments where, you know, you, these things are kind of like are just made visible to you. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I told the story before about, you know, I remember coming back from my grandmother's funeral, um, right as the uh, natural gas uh, boom was starting to kind of really ramp up. And, um, you know, I'm going driving through southern New York State, you know, in the kind of the shale areas there. And there's all these signs up that are saying, like, you know, responsible gas drilling now or ban fracking. Uh, you know, so you could see there was an active discussion that was happening in the community. You know, there are people from different sides. They had, you know, in the shale area, especially there are people who want responsible natural gas. And there was other people saying, no, ban it. Um, but there was an active political discussion going on. And I literally crossed the border I... into Pennsylvania on Route 29. Right. Um, and it was like there were flares on the mountaintops, right? I mean, of like just, um, you know, just flaring like the wells that were going on. And it's like, it was the same kind of stuff. It's like, you see this stark difference just kind of going across the state line. I am for the jobs that the comet will bring. <laughs> the comet. <laughs> yeah, Sean has yes. seen it. I have not. Uh, yes. I, yes, I can, um, we're going to have to talk about this next week on the podcast because I think this deserves its own like segment when we both watch Don't Look Up yep, yep. Uh, finally, but I, I, I got to watch it and it's just like, it is, it is a hilarious movie. Uh, I don't know if I can really call it satire uh, because like it encounters things that I have actually seen in real life. Like, you know, the, the stupidity of like the Democrats in office and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so... 
well crazy I mean, we can talk about things but <laughs> right 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 but yeah no exactly and i think that so you know so anyway so that was like what it was was wild kind of even in like the one of the we stopped for gas at one of the most conservative you know one of the one of the more conservative areas of the state of pennsylvania the way back the way back here and um you know at this convenience store you know like you got something to eat a little snack for the road and uh you know still there's about probably 75 percent, maybe 80 percent of the people that were walking in and out of there still had masks on um, and then we were kind of across the border and, you know, basically we're looking like, God, you know, maybe we should see if we can pick up some, uh, COVID tests, um, just to have on hand because they, they were all, you know, they were all out of them, um, in pet, like in my area in Bucks County before we left. So, well, okay, there's, there's a CVS right there in Clark summit, you know, we're going to pass by it. So let's just kind of, you know, pop by and go over there. So you go, you're in the Clark summit, pulling the CVS. I walk in to go, go just to see if they have any, and literally nobody had a mask on. Right. Not one like the only person had a mask on was this older woman that was walking in as I was leaving. Like I walked in there, kind of looked up at the counter, looked around and saw all these people. I'm like, oh, my God. And I just like turned around and left. I didn't have any anyway. So, I mean, I would say like that's out here out here is like in the Harrisburg area. Um, I've gotten a lot better with making sure, like especially this past month, month and a half, I've been wearing my mask uh, and actually bought a bunch of KN95s uh, this past week. Yep. Like it's. Yeah. I mean, it's at the point where it's, you know, we have to be, you know, whatever. You just do the best you can. I mean, like, I mean, I'm seriously. As, as like, you know, the, I love we're taking this like Catholic guilt approach to, uh, to like this Omicron outbreak. We're just putting our head down and powering on through. Like, it's 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 really it's really remarkable. I mean, I, I think it is that, insane. <laughs> you know, I look look my my uh in my son's school. This is in the Penridge School District, right? Um, where there's no mask mandates or anything like this. Most of the kids don't wear masks, right? Uh, like my my son comes in. You know, he tells me he's like, look, I was like one of like three people in my classes that had a mask on. Right. Um, and all day, but he's like, he's like, I'm not an idiot. I'm wearing a mask. Right? You know, he's like, and uh, at the beginning of the week, uh, there's about, you know, 600 plus uh, uh, kids in his uh, middle school. Um, and Monday, there were 104 students absent. And uh, that only increased as the, uh, as the week went on. Yeah. Yep. I know it's amazing seeing like some of these people just saying, oh, well, these numbers don't matter because of like, you know, how mild it is. And just like, no, that's not the point. Like this, uh, it's, it's almost like people don't understand like the wall of large numbers. Like, you know what I mean? Like a wall of large numbers. Sean, they don't understand addition. Large... It's addition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, just like they, they can't understand the concept of like a very a percentage of a very small, of a very large number is still a very large number in actual like figures like you know what i mean exactly like okay so this is like yeah and then like um everyone's going to get it within the next six weeks who's not vaccinated pretty much so it's like you know um it's it's ridiculous yeah it's like you know did you see go ahead sorry the biden graph I, i told you about that the white house chart yeah. the graphs the white house put out last week yep you, did you yeah, get a you chance to tell look everybody. at them yet or no? yes i did you go ahead you should you tell everybody about it 
Yeah, so um, they put out like the daily death rates uh, chart the White House did, and instead of like going from zero to like five thousand, you know, to like show where the death rates have been or zero to ten thousand over the past couple of weeks, you know, even to like p- play with the y-axis like that way, you know, they started off at two thousand, so they they minimize the amount of deaths a day. So if you're like looking at it, you're thinking it's zero and not two thousand when it's really like. They're trying to make it look like not that many people are dying a day, which is like fucking insane. Like that this is coming out from from. I mean, like the the messaging is just like it's what Trump should have done, <laughs> or Trump couldn't have done because he was that stupid. I, it's it's just like, it's, we're just going to minimize it. It blows my mind. And yeah, I, you know, like the, the CD- propaganda, like it- totally. I mean, like when the CDC came out with its new guidelines, basically, you know, bringing from ten days isolation down, or or you know, yeah, whatever isolation down to five days, and they did all this kind of fancy footwork around kind of like, well, how it is, and because you know the spreading and blah, well, you blah, saw blah. like the Chris Hayes, yes, right, his interview with yeah, Fauci the Chris, is like the Chris Hayes explanation. Yeah, no, I mean, he's basically said to Fauci too as well. He's basically like, okay, okay, I hear what you're saying, but how much of this is actually based on science, <laughs> right? And Fauci's like, well, you got to keep the economy going. <laughs> you know, he's like, well, you know, you know, it's a trade-off and it's a, it's a judgment call. And like, those are non-scientific <laughs> things. Let's just be clear about that. Right. I, and I'm not like, I mean, look, it, I think, well, whatever. It, it, it's like this. It's just like we're just going to put her head down and power through it. Well, like, well and it's and like what this. Happens, and it's like if you and it's like if you come out on the other side, congratulations. Like you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it's like they they're going from like you know herd immunity to like thin the herd mentality. I mean, that's like seriously the you know the, the shift has gone on, which is you know I guess that, that's an argument for the farm show. I guess. Oh, there right? will be I herd mean, immunity by the time like. <laughs> I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the farm show. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. But I, it's like, I, I mean, I think that, you know, look, I mean, here's, here's the thing is like, like Fauci even, even said, right. Well, look, after the fifth day, right. You know, the effectivity of these home tests starts to, starts to diminish. Right. And so you, you have like, but I'm like, I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, starts to diminish is not the same thing as like turns off right it's not like after day five <laughs> oh they're useless no it means like instead of catching like instead of basically having like i don't know like an effectivity rate of i don't know whatever 97 percent, it goes down to like 93 percent, and then it goes down to 87 percent. it still means that you're if you test to go back to work go back go back to school you're still going to catch the vast majority of cases but they're doing this freaking sleight of hand nonsense because really the, the reality is like there are no tests there's a shortage because there was no planning involved with getting the test there. And we have a completely decentralized system and a medical care system that is completely like disgusting and incapable of dealing with the like <laughs> taking care of people at the very most basic level. And we're looking and staring into the abyss and we say like, yep, this is what we bought. This is the shit that we bought. <laughs> right? And then you got these people being like, well, you know, it's really not that bad. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, it's like gaslighting of like the most incredible. It is like, it is really like and this like like this is why the movie don't look up is so great because it's just like it's just a great analogy for the times we're living in not even like with the climate change stuff but like the shit over the past like year and a half with like the reopen stuff and all that like or the covid it's just like it's i mean like we're just giving up at this point we're just like that fuck it (laughs) yeah let's make some money while we're we're at it we're we're going for (laughs) 
Oh my god. Yeah, well, okay. So, so speaking of uh, just giving up, um, yesterday was the January sixth, <laughs> the anniversary of the January sixth insurrection. Um, and, like, look, and there's been a lot of reporting um, uh, giving kudos to Biden's speech yesterday. Um, and I get it. Um, oh, I should be uh, pulling out. I'm just noticing our chat is uh, is is live. I didn't have the chat fully popped out, so I wasn't seeing it right away. Sorry about everybody. Uh, hey, Amy. Hey, Emily. Hey, Shanna. How is everybody? Um, oh, uh, Shanna said, I had a burly construction worker come into my classroom yesterday to tell me he thinks it's crazy that schools didn't go remote after Christmas to stop the spread. That dude gets it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, but then the teachers unions would get blamed. Yeah, exactly. And Emily says... Then, uh, then you would have Nate Silver tweeting that like kids missing schools is as bad as going into the Iraq war. Yep, exactly. And Emily says, uh, go, go you know, for the farm show, I think. Give COVID to the livestock. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. And then uh, simultaneously, oh, yeah, she's like listening to uh, uh, oral arguments that apparently are going on now um, to the Supreme Court about OSHA requirements for vaccines in the workplace. So, yeah, we're just I mean, this is all in the realm of uh, here you go, um, you know, staring into the abyss. And as uh, Shanna, Shanna said, too, as well, we, we didn't even put this in the show notes, but definitely uh, Nate Silver can choke on it. Like, I am with you 100 percent, Shanna. Um, <clears throat> that dude is like, whatever. Um, yeah, there's a reason I don't think he has kids. But anyways. Um, all right. All right. All right. So let's just talk about just for a minute about the uh, the January 6th um, kind of uh, stuff. Now, look, I mean, Biden, I think, got a lot of a lot of kudos in the media for um um, you know, basically calling, you know, calling like things as they are, right? Being factual in terms of how he described last year and laying blame at the feet of, you know, Donald Trump and the insurrectionists. Although I would have to say is like, you know, when I was watching that, I would have to say that the one thing that I was missing in that was a um, was a calling out of the Republican Party um, as really the problem, right? You know, he made some allusions in that directions and so on. Um, still, it was pretty forceful. But as I was saying last night to my wife, I was saying, you know, it, I saw it and I like, you know, look, he, you know, he's just not he's just not getting it. He's just not speaking to the people that need to be spoken to. Right. I mean, he's still assuming a certain kind of, uh, I don't know, comedy, I guess, that that was that is more consistent of his generation than it is from kind of really where we are. And that's not and I don't want to kind of like, I really think that. Go ahead. Sorry. I really think the Democratic Party hasn't gotten January 6th for the past year. I mean, like, this reminds me of, I guess, Lakoff back in college or, like, when he was talking about um, 9-11. And instead of making this about retribution, this is about, like, you know, going to war. It's about a criminal issue. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. And it feels like instead of, like, making this about the undermining of our democracy, the authoritarian push of the Republican Party, uh, the fascism and the, organi the organized fascism that is going into the Republican Party. Democrats made this past year about, well, what about the Capitol Police officers? Like that was like their main line of attack to score cheap political points with right. suburban white voters in Philadelphia or, you know, like where like the, the most of these people who attended the insurrection are from. Like, well, what about the Capitol Police instead of like, no, this is about like undermining of voting rights and the use of power by the Republican Party to enshrine themselves in that. And you're just going around this whole entire year. Well, what about the Capitol Police? You know, like Madeline Dean or others. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. When it's just like you're completely missing the point. Like you're just doing this to score cheap points with your suburban voters. 
or the liberal base in your community. Right. And the, and the, the, instead well, of like addressing, instead of, instead of looking at the thing face on and address the reality, like, you know what I mean? Right. And I think that, that that's kind of what, you know, and I don't even know how well that those quote, you know, quote, cheap political points are even landing right now. I mean, it's like, you know, and may, you know, I, I, I'm having trouble. I'll be 100% honest on this one. I'm having a lot of trouble distinguishing between like, how I'm hearing things and how, you know, whatever group of people are hearing things like, but what, because when I hear that, it seems so hollow and empty that I just, um, you know, I'm like, they're speaking to a time that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, in some, in, in so many different ways, I think COVID has changed the, what matters in people's lives. I mean, and I'm not saying that these, these other things don't still resonate to some groups, but I, but I don't think that that's where people are right now. And, you know, I, so it's this weird. What? I'm sorry. What's that? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So, I, so anyways, I, you know what? I think that I have to say uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin, um, um, she was part of a uh, uh, kind of a panel of historians that was talking yesterday. And I, I'd recommend looking looking her up uh, if people haven't checked her out already. She was also interviewed on the Rachel Maddow show last night. And um, she's just phenomenal. And she was basically talking about the, um, you know, the the, uh, you know, in the 1850s when there was that what's that guy's name? Sumner Sumner, who was beaten by a cane right on the floor of the Senate. Mm -hmm. Um that um, there was a time that was at a time where there was like alternative realities. Um, so that whether it's this, you know, Sumter's beating within like kind of like an inch of his life on the floor of the Senate uh, while, uh, you know, while a bunch of other senators kind of with canes um, stood by to make sure that um, nobody would interfere with the beating. Right. And so in the, the, the news reporting that were that were Republican news reporting, remember, Republicans at the time were they actually ones that wanted to be, you know, were against slavery. The Democrats were the, the party of slavery and the racists. Um, and the uh, the Republican papers were saying, oh, my God, look what happened. This is an outrage. Can you believe what happened? And then in the 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 alternative version of of the South, right in South Carolina, this guy was a hero. Like they sent him. They, they were mailing him canes. Right. Like exactly. They were mailing this guy canes. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, we had these. So she discusses some of the same kind of setup that was happening, like pre-Civil War that is going on now. And look, she's not, you know, she she's very always very careful not to kind of say oh yeah this is exactly the same situation she doesn't kind of you know, like you know go out of her way to just try to stoke up fears or something like this but it she had a lot to say that was i think really important that should give us some serious pause and watching her on the rachel maddow show last night it's like you, you know you, you see them talk past each other at one point where rachel maddow was kind of like yeah so people need to be shown the facts and everything like this and 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 doris kearns good was like no they need to be kind of like told the story understanding the meaning of this stuff Right. Um, because the meat and she kept on talking about these stories and, and Rachel Maddow kept on want to talk point to the, the January 6th commission with the facts. And it's like it's the same kind of stuff. You have the party that believes that if they just kind of like display the facts or they just score the facts will points, not set you free. They will not. Right. And it's what you said about Lake off there. It's like we need yeah. to have a discourse. And, you know, I have to say that uh, if you have not if you don't watch the majority report with Sam Cedar, this week is a week to go back and watch them over the weekend. Um, there was a fantastic, and I don't get way far afield from where we, where we started this, but there was a fat, fantastic um, interview with Suzanne Snyder, 
Um, she is uh, the deputy director and core faculty of Brooklyn Institute for Social Research. Um, she's got this book out, which I've just ordered. I've not read yet. So, but it's called The Apocalypse and the End of History, Modern Jihad and the Crisis of Liberalism. It is absolutely fantastic. Well, I don't know if the book, I haven't read the book yet, but her interview with Sam Cedar this week was absolutely fantastic. Um, and there was a, uh, an interview, I believe yesterday, yesterday, the day before with this guy, um, I, I'm forgetting his name now, but it was like, it's called um, Democratic Blues or something like this. Uh, I should look this up. Um, but talking about the, the history of the Democratic Party and the, um, the, the factions with the Democratic Party and, and how the Democratic Party has evolved to exist as a party now versus the Republican Party. And I think it was, it was really um, clarifying in, or at least for, at least I shall put, let me put it like this. For me, it was very clarifying and kind of said, aha, this makes sense. It gave me language for which to um, understand things we've been talking about with the Democratic Party. Um, let me see if I could pull up this guy's this guy's name. Yeah, Adam Hilton. All right. Um, and he is uh, oh here it is. His recent book is called True Blues, The Contentious Transformation of the Democratic Party. Really excellent interviews. And I would highly recommend them both of those, especially in the wake of, of January 6th. It seems like that's the kind of mindset we need to get into in thinking about what we're actually facing here. Um, and one of the interesting things that came out of that interview with, um, uh, you know, the, the True Blues interview was that um, he talks about how the Democratic Party does not have an apparatus, which I think all, all of us, have, you know, have been talking about on this show and, you know, people we've been talking to had on the show are also referred to. But it also suggests that that there's an opening right now um, for, you know, for like like a shadow party almost right um amy says like time for a new progressive party yeah, and the, what how, what's the form of that um because the democratic party uh, you know forget the leadership for a minute the democratic party is basically a shell does not have any kind of infrastructure built up to actually do party building that there's real opportunities I mean, for underground like, organizing right now and i feel like that's a lot of the work we're plugged in with right now uh that we're going exactly. to be expanding into in the future like um, especially with, I mean, yesterday we worked, we spent weeks working on our January 6th program uh, at the Constitution Center with a coalition of groups um, that we were involved with. And kudos to the people on the coalition for getting this. Did you guys really do put a you, lot of work into this? Were you the guys who did that musical thing? <laughs> no, we did not put a music, musical together. No, we'll, we we'll talk about that. that in a second. Sorry, I uh, that, that was not us. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, like we put a really good. Um, we've been we work on a program. We got together with the head, the Attorney General Josh Shapiro, to speak there as the Attorney General wearing that hat. Uh, Congresswoman Mary Gay Scanlon. Um, you know, uh, there was a panel with Helen Gim who led it off, and then you had Kadita Mohan. Um, there was a woman, trans woman, who got fired from the Navy, who is part of Common Defense, which is a um, group with that organizes with uh, veterans and stuff like that. And I, forgetting the fourth person that was on there, there was a fourth on the panel, I believe. Um, but no, I mean, like we put together this program that I thought like went better than like what they did in D.C. But I mean, most of the points were good, um, especially from Shapiro and Mary Gay Scanlon. We're like. People like, you know, Mary Gay Scanlon gave a really serious speech about what it was like being there that day in January. Um, she was in her office. She wasn't in the Capitol at the time. She was in a different building, office building. 
um, explaining that like she had teachers calling her, telling her what to do during shutdown drills because she had nothing. She didn't. She's never been locked down before. Like you know, like and stuff like like I mean stuff like that. Like you know what I mean. Um, but no, I mean like they laid blame right or fear the Republican Party for this. Yeah, and for them embracing and spreading lies and stuff like that. So. No, but, absolutely. I, I, I mean, it, it felt like they, it felt like from a messaging standpoint, they got it. Like, and I feel like that was a really good uh, program. Uh, it's on the Better PA uh, Facebook page. If you want to go back and watch it, um, definitely recommend watching it. It's a half an hour long. Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas O'Rourke was the other person on the panel. Nicholas O'Rourke, leader of the Working Families Party um, in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, and that, that was like the stuff that, that we were talking about. And I mean, like, I feel like that's where the organizing is at, right there with the Working Families Party, the stuff they're doing in Pennsylvania. Um, and also like, you know, getting people like at the office, like Izzy, uh, who's running for office down in Lancaster uh, with a new district. Um, you know, like we have the opportunity to grow our squad here in yeah. Pennsylvania and grow the Democrat and grow the progressive wing of this party. Because I really feel like they are taking it over right now. Um, I feel like there's a generational difference in the de Democratic Party, even between the people who are younger but were elected in like 2010 and 2012 versus like the people who've been elected since 2016, 2018. Um, I feel like there's a there is a difference between institutional liberals and people who are progressive, even if they're in like that same age or generation. So. Yeah, I'm putting a link to the uh, um, to that video right in the show notes or in uh, today's chat. If anybody's interested, in. um, <clears throat> that should take you right to it. So I'm sorry for the little burst of uh, music there, but it was just uh, the video started playing. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Sean. I think that this is exactly the kind of um, the kind of organizing that has to happen. And again, I, you know, it's a real open question. As I said in like the opening of the show notes today, it's like you know, it's it's going to be really a question about do we have the political will um to to do what needs to happen i mean you, these are some big moves right um and it's you know it's going to be slow going i think you know and as it has been but it's also the momentum i think is you know as as, as doris kearns goodwins was saying is like all, all this stuff is happening at the same time i think rachel maddow was saying this too as well this is all happening at once there's amazing organizing going on um as the real th very threats to kind of democratic institutions in our democracy are are, are happening so it is and it's is. also um, corporate accountability that's going to be a big part of all this too, because I mean, like this, these are the people that are funding it. No, exactly. You know, the exactly. AT and the, the Amazons, the Comcast, the Jeffrey Asses, and stuff like that. Like, you know, this is this is the this is this is what they made. Yep. This is the mess they made. One hundred percent. Emily just basically said, "Bummed getting onto emails, uh, coworkers and family members dying this week. Uh, really sorry to hear that, Emily. Um, and uh, I, I can say that." You're not alone um, in that. Um, I have ha I, I am I am not at the point where I've heard about. I have people close to me or people that I know that are um, in the hospital or dying at this point. But I have uh, like never before um, have f coworkers and neighbors uh, who have all been doing even like doing the right thing um, are now have COVID and are sick. So um, um, our thoughts are with you. So um, I'm sorry for that. Uh, yeah. So Sean, I guess we're going to see where, uh, where this all goes. I mean, um, 
there's a lot going on. Let's just put it that way. I mean, uh, I think there's a lot of great stuff happening on the progressive end of the of the ticket. Um, you know, 2022 is going to be the uh, it's going to be make or break on a lot of stuff um, in my mind. So <laughs> let's roll the dice, I guess. <laughs> let's get it. Get her done. But crazy. Um, so, okay. So just as we go to break, uh, Sean, okay. I purposely yesterday, I, I listened to Joe Biden's speech yesterday, um, but I purposely avoided <laughs> all the ceremony stuff <laughs> in part for my, I mean, I did this as kind of like a, a, mental, <laughs> a mental health move because I knew that there were certain things that were going to happen. I just, you just remember what happened when like uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they put on their kind of like African garb and kind of went out and did that kind of performative kneeling <laughs> in the kind of in the Capitol. Right. And as we were getting closer to this day, uh, the one year anniversary of January 6th, like I'm like, they're going to do it again. They're going to do some kind of nonsense like this again. And that they're going to think that that is organizing and that is politics. And so, you know, they had this little candlelight vigil stuff. I saw a picture of it and I'm like the perfect symmetry of how everything was lined up and spaced out. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. So Sean, um, in like efforts to completely ruin my weekend, um, starts off and lets it sends off the morning, <laughs> right? Tells me about he's like, I didn't, he's like, I didn't even listen to the Nancy Pelosi thing. I'm like, what did she give a speech or something? I didn't look at it. And he's like, oh, check this out. And he sends me this. And I don't know how many people. No, saw I said, this, I said but, you but didn't hear like, like, do tell, do t you take it over from here because I, can, I said, I, yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, did you hear about the, the Lynn? like nancy pelosi and like lynn manuel from uh miranda from uh hamilton and you just like look at her like what <laughs> just like this can't be real i'm just like you're just like saying this can't be real until like it took me 10 or 15 seconds to like bring up the thing and you're just like shake yeah no it's real i just like you watching is just like looking in like a pit of despair just like i couldn't believe it i just like, like jaw dropped like yeah I couldn't believe it either. I mean, I didn't bring myself to watch it yesterday. Uh, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, I mean, like, Rolling Stone was, like, ripping apart. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, and I mean, like, this is why, like, but, like, this is why Don't Look Up is a really good movie. Uh, because, like, it's literally shit like that that's just sprinkled throughout the movie. Like, it really crosses the line between satire and reality. Like it blurs that line because like, this is how fucking stupid people are in politics. Totally. Well, and it's all about performance and affect. Like, it's just like, like, and contracting, you know I mean? and contracting out politics to the entertainment industry. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, here's what, here's what, when I was watching that, when you sent to me, I was like, here, the, 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 this is goes to, I like, this is what I can't get my head around. What is your thought process when you're sitting down and trying to plan a, a, a an event around one year anniversary of one of the the, of the violent attack on the Capitol, <laughs> right? And the seriousness of it, like who's the person that says, "Hey, I got an idea. Let's turn it into a musical." I mean, like, okay, like, so I got something even better. Go ahead. I got some more January shit, six shit posting for you, but finish, finish your thoughts. No, so no, but I'm just, it's like that mentality of like, Hey, I got it. Let's put it to song, right? What would Disney do? 
Right? I mean, like, I mean, that's what that's what comes going through my mind. Hey, well, let's see. I like musicals. Hamilton was a popular musical. What if we made it into a musical? Let's call up Lynn and say, hey, would you write a song for this? And like, I don't know, like, on his end, like, I mean, w- was his first response like, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, you're serious. Uh, right. I mean, like, I don't even know how that ends up getting made. Right. I mean, that's what died me. So, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you should not that like musicals are incapable of dealing, dealing with like serious. You know, I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying, like, this is like the official U.S. government, Democratic Party led, like, you know, leadership thing about how you kind of deal with and grapple with what happened on this. And you turn it into entertainment. I so, mean, it's just so here you bizarre. Go. go for it. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, Sean is. Uh, I think Sean's having some internet stuff. Okay, can can, can you hear me? Yep, yep, yep. Can, am I am I on the? Uh, okay, sorry about that. I hit my microphone cord and it went into my speaker. So, um, I wanted to tell you about like some more like uh, shit posting I did on January sixth stuff. Um, there's this outlet called the Keystone Newsroom, right? Um, on Instagram they post a lot. Um, it's this media outlet, this fake media. This media company that's started by DC liberal consultants, uh, Tara McGowan by acronym is one of them. She's the woman who ran uh, the 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 Iowa caucuses into the ground. It's that same organization. So like um, acronym started these uh, really shitty um, media outlets because that's what everyone every DC pundit and journalist or DC consultant was doing over the past couple of years like when they saw this push that the Republicans have been making so instead of like investing in like stuff that's doing things they want to start down this like very top-down DC like operation to spit out DC talking points and package that as liberal media in those states and Keystone Newsroom is one of these is one of these outlets um so they put out this thing on my Twitter account. I'll retweet it right now. And it says, uh, where were you on January 6th? This is, this is on Instagram. And it has a photo of Joe Biden, uh, a photo of the cops in the barricades, one of the QAnon people screaming in the Capitol Rotunda, Trump people like on top of like this like fountain or this like statue pedestal outside the Capitol. And like a woman, or Madeline Dean in a, in her like gas mask, right? So it says uh, Keystone Newsroom, and the post says people who lived during the attack on Pearl Harbor and the assassination of JFK Jr. often say they remember exactly where they were on those events when those events happened. Do you remember where you were when terrorists attacked the U.S. Capitol building? Tell us in the comments. Just like this is like the First of all, they're putting this on the level of Pearl Harbor and correction. It was JFK who was assassinated, not JFK Jr. JFK Jr. died in the plane crash, and that's who QAnon people think is still alive today. Well, he was going to show up uh, in, in Dallas like, any day. I mean, uh, my understanding. <laughs> Dealey Plaza. Exactly. But, like, this is like, but this is the type of messaging that like this top up messaging, top down messaging that from DC consultants, liberal consultants, like at this stuff, like the newsroom or like others. Like, I think it was like on par with like the, the, the insanity we saw with like Nancy Pelosi. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely. I I, I, don't, I don't even know. Like how... you're just pulling out the heartstrings versus like pulling out the heartstrings versus like addressing the issue in like the actual issue in the face. But which heartstrings are you pulling on? You know what I mean? It's like it's like you're pulling on. I have no clue. But that's what I mean. It's like you're pulling on. Look, I, I like I study rhetoric, right? And and if you want to actually move things, if you actually and any kind of good per- people in social movements and labor organizing is will tell you, right? Simply going out there and quoting facts to people is not going to. Doris, Doris Kearns Goodwin even say this. You need kind of compelling stories that help under help thing turn things into meaning. And so part of what you're doing and you you're being persuasive. Right. Yes, you're pulling on heartstrings. Right. Yes, you're kind of effective emotion stuff. But the kind of heartstrings they're pulling on is like the heartstrings of kind of like have a cozy cup of hot chocolate in a blanket on your couch kind of heartstring. Right. I mean, let's sit back and remember and feel cozy in this weird way. Right. And, and to kind of have this almost nostalgia as opposed to let's get freaking pissed Right. And let's organize and let's use the kind of fear and anxiety that we all feel on the state of our freaking country to mobilize. Right. I mean, that's that's what we're talking about. I mean, Jane McAlevey talks exactly about this. Right. You have to turn right that sense of anxiety and fear, which is part of a reality in our world into something that is productive. Right. And is 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 is, it it generates possibilities as opposed to just gets people to freaking add comments to a stream. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, did they I don't know. I mean, that it's just the I mean, again, I mean, we've said this a thousand times on the show, the gap between what is happening at the base of the Democratic Party, what is happening in the leadership is so far removed and it's just uh and it's it it's very hard right i i mean i i, I did I, you see what hakeem jeffries tweeted out did you see what hakeem jeffries tweeted out on tell me what was January it was it a, what is it a, was it a coupon for chick-fil-a what was it please tell me was it some kind of <laughs> like oh, go out and kind of like you know uh you know <laughs> we're gonna call we're gonna call january 7th is gonna be the new black friday what is it to help support corporate america no, he called it he called go it, buy he stock called day it, what tweeted, is it he's tweeted out <laughs> He called it jobs, not mobs, which oh was the God. 2018 Republican midterm. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> like they think this shit's funny, like in their own like little like DC hive. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think it's funny because they're that fucking stupid. But <laughs> as Amy says, uh, honestly, it's going to take something huge before the Dems start to pay attention. And yes, it frazzles me that January 6th wasn't enough. I hear you, Amy. I hear you. It'll take a comment, but I don't think a comment will be. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, look, I don't think a comment will. <laughs> it, it all depends on whether or not we, hearts and minds. Right. It all depends on whether we can mine it for, for natural resources or not. That's the key. That's the key shot. <laughs> Just... <laughs> all right. Anyways. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right, all right. We're going to go on this forever. All right. We're gonna, you got anything else to wrap up with the first segment before we head into what's happening here more closer to home? No, we can. Uh, I'm, I'm good. All right, good. We're gonna take a quick break. All right, everybody, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna be back uh, real quick uh, with. Uh, we'll see what's happening in our own backyards. Uh, this is pretty incredible. Yes, and Amy, uh, you're gonna get the last word before we go to break to oust the current dumb leadership in this area. Yeah, I still think we need to take something uh, more devastating, something more devastating to mobilize people, um, or that, or just the hard work of organizing. I think is kind of where we need to be too as well. I hope it's not gonna take something more devastating, but. Um, on that note, uh, so we're going to take a quick break. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. I want to remind you that you can help support this show by going to 
patreon.com slash RC Press. So you become a patron for as little as $5 a month. And look, if you're out there, make sure you like the stream for the show. Make sure you share it with your friends. Uh, encourage other folks to kind of join and help support this show. This is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Checker. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1919. Events on this day began what is known as Semina Tragica, or Tragic Week in Argentina. Labor unrest had been mounting in Buenos Aires. On this day, police killed four workers who were striking for better wages, hours, and conditions at the British-owned Vesna Ironworks plant. The workers were demanding an eight-hour workday. The following day, workers on the waterfront declared a strike. Ships came to a halt. The following day, a funeral march for the killed iron workers turned violent. Angry marchers burned a car and attacked a tram station. The police fired on the procession, wounding and killing some of the demonstrators. Anarchists and workers took to the streets, and within two days, tens of thousands of workers had joined the general strike. Newspapers, hotels, bars and even telephone lines ceased operating. Railroad workers called for a sympathy strike. The Argentinian Federal Police, the Argentinian Army, the Argentinian Marine Corps, and the Argentinian Navy cracked down brutally on the strikers, targeting anarchists and labor leaders. The anti-Semitic Argentine Patriotic League blamed the unrest on Jewish-Russian Bolsheviks. They conducted a violent pogrom in the Jewish neighborhood of Wants, Jewish residents were dragged out of their homes, beaten, and in some cases, shot. By the end of the bloody week, the police and military had killed at least 100 protesters, with some estimates as high as 700. Thousands of workers were beaten, thousands of workers were wounded, and more than 55,000 were imprisoned. Labor History in Two, brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on the Twitters at Labor History in Two. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Ken Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken, sitting here once again uh, with Sean Kitchen. Uh, and just so everybody knows, I'm not sure if people are experiencing this or not, but uh, we've as the show has gone on, there's been uh, some increasing delays, some Internet delays. And I noticed that there's also um, a little something on YouTube where that's uh, that's sparking, saying uh, looking at um, a slowness of the of the. Uh, of the connection. So, um, yeah, let me know if it's, if it's getting too annoying. Um, here we go. Uh, anyway, Sean, um, so I know that, that you have, uh, officially got your, uh, full body biohazard suit, suit ready, um, to head to, uh, the farm show this weekend. I'm thank God the farm show is back. Yes. I mean, like I cannot wait. I am like, it's going to be fun. The farm show is like really not something I've paid attention to over the past years, but you know, I feel like with Omicron happening and this being the first farm show in a couple of years, uh, why not just jump feet first and do it and go? I think like, I mean, to quote uh, Hassan Piker, 
I feel like this is going to be like the hog heaven. The hogs are going to be out like running around for the first time in a couple of years. You know, like uh, the people who are going to go to the farm show are the same exact period people who really didn't give any fucks about the pandemic mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. So, you know, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm, you know, I, I really do think that they should have, I, you know, I would love to see like a big model of like the uh, the coronavirus, right? You know, just actually the like the actual virus, a giant one, and it's got a sign on it. As the butter sculpture. Oh, that'd be better. And then it would like the big sign on it that would say <laughs> "lick lick COVID." Let's lick COVID, and everybody could go up and just give it a big like. Ugh. <laughs> I think that's what we should do. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just go all in on this, huh? We're shipping it to like the Temple of Morgoth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But no, uh the uh but no, uh whatchamacallit. Uh I know that um watch uh yeah, I mean yesterday Jan was joking about on Twitter if the uh butter sculpture was gonna be a COVID molecule and it turned out it wasn't. And what was also funny was that the people uh, at the butter sculpture, the people inside, like the actual butter sculpture themselves, they weren't wearing masks. So, you know. Well, I did learn that, uh, you know, the reason I I heard this, the reason why that they didn't do the uh, coronavirus of the butter sculpture. Did you hear why they chose not to do it? It's because you can't do a butter sculpture of something that's not real, right? I mean. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anyway, well, they, so, did one, they did they did a gritty one a couple years ago. Well, gritty's real though. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you're heading to what are you gonna be doing at the farm show? Are you just kind of going to hang out and have a good time? Uh yeah, to catch COVID. Uh no. <laughs> um, I am going there uh to get photos um this weekend of all the people that'll be showing up so i know like Connor lamb will be there dr oz is going to be there um i'm running camera lens for it i want like this is usually like the farm show uh, especially in election years uh is when uh people who are running for governor or senate uh, usually show up and go to this type of thing so it's always a political draw um i know like democrats who are boosted and vaxxed or yeah vaxxed and boosted are looking planning on being there so uh it's going to be interesting um it's going to be a big old love fest you know god we're having a little issue with our feed going to the thing but anyways um yeah so that's crazy so um so did you get did you get a chance to watch any of the uh the uh pa gop uh gubernatorial debate no i did not yeah, me either. <laughs> so it's crazy, but uh, but I, you know, you know, all you know, the, really, my understanding is that the campaign really doesn't kind of get kicked off until Doug Mastrano decides whether or not he's going to throw himself in, right? Well, he'll, he's going to be uh, running, but apparently announcing tomorrow, so we'll see. I don't know where, but probably somewhere um, at a cross burning or something like that. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm. I was surprised. Oh, did you? Uh, so one of the funny things. I'm sorry, but the delay going on. But one of the funny things um, I found out over Christmas break was that uh, Doug Mastriano was not happy about the stretched limo, uh, the stretched Hummer that I posted a few weeks ago 
on Twitter and I posted it inside the, uh, of course, they're from Pennsylvania Facebook group and it got a lot of viral attention on both platforms. And in his uh, video online, Mastriano referred to me as some dopey capital reporter or dopey reporter that works in the Capitol. And I switched it up for him. Like, I, I not switched it up, but I shortened it down to dopey capital reporter. Uh, you know, so it's funny that he's, we get under his skin and it's just amazing the lengths of how online that he really is as a person. Gotta love it, right? I think he's more online than me and me, uh, definitely me and Eric. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's where all the action is apparently for dudes like him. So we shall see. Um, so you got any sense? Well, did you say, do you see he's like, admit he's not. I'm sorry, the, the feed's messing up, but yep. he said he's not um, dating AOC anymore, or he's not interested, so he's he's safe from that. I did see that, and I think uh, I think it's safe to say that the feeling is probably mutual. Uh, that's uh, so that's uh, uh, it's not a new problem. So I'll fully consent. I know he saw that. He tried <laughs> he tried to hop on that to see like you know see if okay I'm gonna jump in on this little meme and uh, show like whatever and you know whatever whatever dude. Um, Whatever, dude. So we shall see. We'll see. This is going to start getting kicked up. Um, uh, anything else we should be watching for in the uh, the upcoming election in the 2022? Um, no, but I know next week the uh, House Republicans are are going to be running a constitutional amendment going after the uh, LRC, Legislative Reapportionment Committee, because they are uh, upset with new maps. Oh, great. That should be fun. That should be joy. Hopeful. Yes. So we're sorry, everybody. We got a we got a little bit of delay on our on our feed now too as well. So uh, so if you're seeing Sean and I talk a little bit over each other, it's not because uh, we're just trying to disrupt it, but because they um, something's up with the internet, and it does not look like it looks it looks like it's a broader internet issue because. Uh, we're not having a ton of problems. At least I'm not on my end having a ton of problems uh, looking at the stream in OBS um, or looking at the stream on Zoom. Um, but there's a, there is a little delay, and I see that the feed to the uh, our YouTube is is breaking up. So um, yeah, Emily says it's buffering a lot. Looks like you need to need a mod to get rid of these bots. Uh, yes, I do. I do agree. Um, um, there's a bunch of these uh, Russian kind of bots that start kind of like showing up halfway through our streams. Um, so I will do that. Um, <clears throat> great. Uh, yes, Emily, you had talked about the Adam Hilton one in the first part. I'm not sure uh, if you heard, if that got caught in a buffer or not, but um, it was really excellent. Um, all right. I, anyways, so uh, so we'll probably we'll, we'll be start to kind of move to wrap things up then today because it just it's it looks like the internet is getting crappy. So a couple things just to kind of put on the uh, thing. Everybody should know. I just want to let you know that um, since it looks like on my end that the the video is is fine and it's recording fine to my computer um, and all that, I will post a higher higher quality video uh, version of this um, once it once it renders. Um, both to our Patreon site and then eventually to our YouTube site to replace the one that's there on the stream. It's unfortunate because then we'll miss all. I'll probably post uh, it as a bonus because I you had some great stuff in the chat today. Um, but so I will do that. Um, anyways, the Penridge School District, I mean, look, we're, you know, we're going to talk more about this on, on, in the coming weeks. Um, but, you know, this is the full consequences of what happens when. Uh, the extremists take over the school board, I and mean, we've already—they're already banning books. Um, they are kind of uh, putting, kind of, you know, basically in choosing 
to muzzle teachers and kind of the discussion of the political um, events of the day. It's it's just not good. The uh, um, uh, Dr. Bolton, who's the superintendent, has already had to kind of like walk back the uh, or explain a little bit about the memo that went out to teachers saying that they should just stick to kind of business as usual and um, not wait into discussions of January 6th, saying that, well, a lot of teachers were unprepared to answer all the questions. Now, OK, it may be true. There might be some teachers were concerned about how to handle it. But the real question is, like, were they concerned about that because they knew that there was going to be political blowback if they discussed about it in their in their classrooms? And how are they supposed to handle, um, you know, the uh, the Turning Point USA kids uh, who established a group there that are going to be talking about the insurrection um, as a kind of a uh, stolen election and things like this? And um, so that, you know, they chose to kind of move away from it. But I have a hard time believing that there's a. Uh, that teachers are afraid of critical discussions of the day. It seemed like one of the most important learning opportunities you had, especially since you had literally live streaming content all day um, discussing about what was actually happening and what that whole day was about and trying to make understandings of it. Um, huge lost opportunity to kind of actually engage our kids in the world um, and instead pretend that it was about, well, we have, there's not, hasn't been enough time to know the real facts about um, what actually happened. Um, so we have to wait till history does its work. I think that's a freaking cop out if you ask me. I think that, you know, if you're not going to engage, um, engage real problems, real days that are happening today, you might as well not talk about climate change. You might as well not talk about the crisis of governance. You might as well not talk about a whole range of problems that are happening in our communities um, and just and just say that they're all going to work themselves out and then we can study them after the fact. Right. Um, so whatever. That's that's really, really disappointing. Do check out Cyril's interview with. Um, Cyril and I talked about this on the Wednesday show a little bit. He interviewed uh, Leslie Newman. She's the author of uh, Heather Has Two Mommies, that book that was published in kids book that was published in 1989, 1988. Um, you know, basically saying that, you know, Heather, the, the little girl in this story, it's a picture book, um, you know, was asked, you know, as part of their class uh, project, they were asked to draw their families and she drew a picture of her family and she has two mommies. And then there were some kids that made fun of her. And then there was a discussion about it. And then in the end, the book concludes that, yes, look, it doesn't matter how many parents you have, because it turns out some had single parents, some lived with their grandparents and didn't have parents, that there were all different kinds of families. And what mattered most was that not how your family, you know, had the mother and father and looked in this particular way, but rather that you loved each other. And that was the quote unquote radical message of that book that is being pulled off the shelves of libraries um, in elementary school libraries all throughout um, the Penridge School District. It's a shame. Um, so there you have it. The last thing I want to talk about today, and it's a shame that our internet is breaking up um, because uh, I know there's been some interest about this on Twitter about the uh, Jeffrey Sweeta, who is the, um, what? well, I don't know, I assume he still is. Apparently on January 3rd, uh, the joint committee that overlooks the Upper Bucks County Technical School um, basically formally um, um, charged the uh, Jeffrey Suida with a whole range of uh, failures and neglective duties uh, for here. So I have the actual document here. Um, um, I put it up on Twitter. Sean put it up on Twitter. Um, um, it's kind of been circulating around. But just want to give you some ideas about what this guy did, right? Um, 
he directed the supervisor of the building and grounds to purchase a log splitter at a cost of $999 for his personal use of chopping wood pieces into the fire, into firewood. Neither the school's academic programs nor the school's building and grounds department used the log splitter for firewood. Rather, after the tree service was contacted to cut trees into firewood length pieces, you admittedly used the log splitter to chop these um, pieces into firewood, which you took to your home for your personal use. You also admitted that you accepted a truckload of the school's wood from a school employee at your home. So not only did he have, did he purchase something with school funds, right? Taxpayer dollars, purchase things um, with school funds, had it split up for his own personal use, and he directed an employee at the school to deliver it to his house. Gotta love that. Another one, uh, he misappropriated uh, paver bricks belonging to the school. He took paver bricks for his own use at his home. In fact, he, uh, he disputed it in his interview, but then he later admitted to doing it, and he gave additional paver bricks to his friend. Right. He also took fuel from the district's fuel tank for use in his personal vehicle. While he denied it, the former supervisor of buildings and ground reports that you enlisted him to, inserves, to serve as your lookout while you pumped gas into your car. How about that? He persistently and willfully failed to comply with the public school code and school policies by appropriating purchase requisition orders without the necessary prices and quotes being obtained and listed on the requisition forms. Right. And additional examples, you approved requisitions to the amount of forty eight thousand four hundred dollars and ninety six thousand eight hundred dollars for COVID-19 spray from the Merrick Group Incorporated without obtaining quotes from the appropriate number of vendors or listing vendors prices on requisition forms. Upon your admission during a golf tournament at the Valley Country Club in Hazleton, you advised your friend of the Merrick Group to submit a quote to the school for COVID-19 spraying, which he did. <laughs> right. And it goes on. You have failed to um, provide sub submit the competitive grant. Well, there's competitive grant information he didn't submit. Um, this is the other one that I, I, I like. You violated school policies, which provides for the unauthorized disabling of a video camera um, that basically normally would get people immediately uh, um, um, uh, fired. He directed that the security camera in the area of the loading dock to be disabled. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder what was happening at the loading dock. Right. This camera was positioned to capture activities near the loading dock, including the picnic table that you had installed in that area. By all accounts, including your own, security cameras are important to protect safety, but you had it disabled. Right. He was also kind of there's wide ranging reports of him yelling and using profane language while he was in the school building. <laughs> right. Drop on the F-bomb left and right. It was a regular occurrence for him to raise your voice and curse at a number of employees. Numerous employees heard you berate these individuals by screaming obscenities such as the F-word. Your behavior was not a one-time event it heard only by a couple individuals, but instead a regular occurrence witnessed by numerous employees. Right? You engage in vulgar and explosive discussion with an employee and cursing at them while questioning why he allowed his girlfriend to participate in a committee meeting. Right, it goes on and on. He also had a kind of uh, a personal relationship, which he used on the company time. He used his company email to discuss uh, apartment hunting and how much they loved each other and how much they would love eventually to kind of move in and kind of conduct their relationship uh, beyond there. I did not disclose that policy. And it goes on. So go ahead. You, I, you're muted, I think. Uh, no, I'm just talking to people um, right now. So um, you, you can go ahead. Okay, sorry, sorry. I thought, I thought you were saying. I'm in, a D I'm, 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 in, I'm in a very, very engaging DM right now with someone. <clears throat> okay, well, don't, don't, I really don't, can't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> let me interrupt you, please, at all. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, I hope no, it's not it's, violating, it's violating people, official it's, it's work about, policies. <laughs> it's about people not living in the political reality of right now. Oh, glorious, glorious. 
Well, um, the reason why I put this out and the reason why I wanted to read through some of that stuff and um, make sure that people knew this a lot was because uh, there is I have been unable to find any reporting on this so far. Um, and this is a fairly significant issue that kind of affects there. Now, the the uh, Upper Bucks County Technical School serves like the Quakertown School District, the Penridge School District and the Palisade School District. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a technical it's a technical high school, right? Um, for good technical skills and so on. Um, it is a public school. And these are the way these funds are being um, kind of misused. Um, so I'm glad to see that this uh, is kind of um, being being no but everybody should know about what's actually happening right here in our backyard uh, so um so that's all i got for today um i'm gonna take we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna come back with this week's last call and we're gonna make oh, actually you know what we're not gonna take a quick break we'll just go right into it just because uh we're buffering so bad at this point um so one, uh, Sean, the one thing I, I mentioned this thing, there's this book, uh, um, Stations 11 or Station 11, which has been um, just turned into a, uh, a series on HBO Max. Um, it is absolutely phenomenal. I was, you know, I, I love the, the book. The book is by um, uh, Emily. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, gonna, where is it, where is it, where is it? I'm sorry. This is horrible. This is horrible. Uh, Emily St. John, yes. Emily St. John Mandel. I was going to forget one of her names. Um, so Emily St. John Mandel, uh, Station 11. It's absolutely a fantastic book. Just the way that it's written, it's kind of like back and forth in time with these different characters and stuff. And the way that it, I think comes fruition, you know, there's lots of lots of time where you don't know what's going on um, and how it's written. But the, the, the reason what first got me to read it, given my kind of dystopian bent on things, is that it's uh, it takes place in uh, immediately before and then after a global pandemic, which wipes out kind of like huge chunks of the population, right? So it's this kind of post-apocalyptic um, thing from this, you know, there's this flu that emerges uh, surprisingly. And, you know, it's, it was written in 2014. So it was written before anything with coronavirus and anything like this, but it was like remarkably prescient. And I remember what was reading it during the pandemic and see what was going on so much of the effective like that's effective with an a like the the emotional content of this book resonated so closely with me um during the uh uh you know dur during during the pandemic and so like emily st john mandel just kind of nailed uh so much of the feelings around what this would look like, right? Um, and then um, Mackenzie Davis stars in the series. Um, and I saw, I read an interview with her um, briefly where she talks about dealing with, you know, say trauma and isolation and pain as part of the role of, of, of through making of this, this series. Um, and it really is that kind of book and that kind of series. But just in terms of, being engrossed with a story uh it's phenomenal so i would strongly strongly recommend it if you have access to hbo max um definitely check out the series um it's great uh, i think it does help um it's hard for me to say about whether reading the book ahead of time is important or not it's really hard for because i remember being like my mind being kind of like having trouble wrapping around okay what wait wait where are we now in time what, what's happening in space and you know all this kind of stuff um, I know as I was watching it, I was kind of being brought back to the book and, uh, and I had a similar feeling with the, with the show. And my sense is that it's really following the book fairly closely, but definitely check out the book. Uh, um, Emily St. John, St. John Mandel, 
just phenomenal. And um, the series is just unbeatable. I'm so glad I'm watching it. Uh, for those of you who have asked me before, I got a couple of notes about this from people over the week. Uh, no, I have not started Foundation yet, um, but I will start Foundation. Um, that is kind of coming up. I've got some of my sci-fi friends out there who have been saying, did you watch it yet? I'm like, no, I haven't. Um, so that's coming up. Um, so here I am. I got out early this morning and uh, had a nice little snow day, cleared the snow. My kids are home. Um, so, uh, that's probably going to be doing for the, re the remainder of the day. Uh, my daughter was already out running around in the backyard as a pretty much, uh, like fantastic. You're only supposed to get a couple inches. Yeah. <clears throat> we got, we got about, we got about yeah, like, four inches. Did you got about like six or eight. You did? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it ended up going from a, uh, from like a winter storm advisory to a winter storm warning like one to two inches to like four to eight within a few hours last night so yeah, yeah i woke I, up this morning and saw that like there's a lot a lot more snow out there than what they were calling for yeah and i think that i watched it over like i think we initially were in the four to eight thing and then the storm moved north or something where and then it got you guys because the heaviest bands looked like it was coming right for you yeah but I gotta say, it's yeah. beautiful. It's it's beautiful outside, and it it got my. I mean, it's it's light, fluffy stuff. It's not. Yep. No, it's light, fluffy stuff, and it, it was good. It was easy to get out in today. So. Great. Um, all right. So listen, folks. Uh, we're gonna cut this off. I know that the. Uh, I know I've got folks in chat saying that it's buffering really bad. Uh, I totally get that. And uh, I apologize for that. We're going to see if we can get that sorted out. I've got an idea. Uh, maybe this is going to kick my butt to uh, um, basically hardwire my computer to as well to see if that makes a uh, that makes a difference. Uh, I've got to run some cable and stuff for that. But I think I'm, I'm going to do that to see if it makes, uh, you know, if it helps out at all. So Anyway, Sean, uh, man, uh, happy new year. Uh, it's great to be back in the seat. And uh, I, I expect that 2022 is going to be off the charts. So, yeah. Go. All right, man. Uh, enjoy. I'll let you get back to your chat. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll explain it to you once we get off. Yeah, 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 yeah. No good. All right. So, everybody, this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Uh, um, thank you for tuning in with us today. Uh, we'll work on getting our technical issues straightened out. Um, do check out our Patreon kind of later for the kind of uh, the more high quality video, which seems that we've got that um, pretty um, um, pretty straight up. And um, we'll see what we can do with kind of fixing this in the future. But uh, happy new year. Uh, thank you all for all your support. Um, we've got some great stuff that's going to be kicking up this year. And um, we look forward to talking to you more. So this is Kevin Mahoney, editor and founder of Raging Chicken. Um, we're here once again on this Friday, our first Friday of 2022. Um, do help support the show. Go to patreon.com slash Press. Become a patron for as little as five bucks a month. Uh, we'll see you on Monday and all next week. This is Kevin Mahoney. Check it out. See ya!